Welcome, everyone, to another awesome episode of Doing Business with Servant's Heart. This is a part two episode, bringing back my real good friend I've known over 10 years, I believe, but close to that. Steve Remmel is a true servant, and he's going to talk about a subject with business and people that I'm excited to share with you, audience, because this is so vital. If you want to grow your business, whether you're a startup or you're a new or a business that's been existing for a while, and if you're struggling, this is a great way to come out of that struggle. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Good, good to see you. I don't, I don't know how long we've known each other. It feels like we've known each other for decades. Oh, yeah, it's brother from another mother. We say all the time. Well, yeah. let's get into it because I'm excited about this. Uh, people and people to people, you said before the show. Let's talk about that and how that ties to business. Well, so real quick, just so people know where I'm coming from on this, uh, you know this about me. I came out of human resources. So you know, human resources is about people helping people, right? So that's sort of my foundation. Uh, I started working at Hewlett Packard back when, when Dave Packard and Bill Hewlett were still alive and the HP way was alive and well, it's dead now. But back then it was all about people. And so I kind of grew up in that mode professionally, right? And so I go out into business on my own about nine years ago. And I only knew how to operate that way. It was like in, ingrained in me. I didn't have to think about it consciously. And I was attracted to services and, and businesses that, that, that offered real people and real expertise to solve people's problems. So when you go search for yourself, let's just use you personally looking for a business to solve one of your problems. What are your things you're looking for is I want to talk to a person, not a machine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a great example. Um, I, I needed a, a tool that could manage my calendar and my events and be a CRM in the background and all the rest. And I came across this, this, uh, this great company, which I'll, I'll go ahead and mention them because I'm just so impressed with them called thrive and T H R Y V thrive. And that I was looking for some technology, okay, because I know I needed technology to pull this off for the back end of my business and to provide a front end to, to allow people to, to find me and organize everything. But what, what sold me on it was I first talked to a person, a rep, and Laura and I talked through all my needs and she went through the different capabilities and we strategized what was best for me and what I would try out. And then she helped me to use the service. And then she put me in touch with a customer service department that actually had real people and real experts that I could meet with over video, I could talk with on the phone, or I could chat with, but, but they were experts and then that support level was awesome. And so as I have I gone through my journey as a Thrive customer and taken some things off and added some things on and adjusted and ran into problems, I've always been able to get a person to help me. And so I pay more money then I probably should pay for what I get because I want that. And it's very important. And I can tell that they care and they know their stuff, which means they solve my problem every time. And it's yeah. worth a lot to me. It's worth a lot to me. So that's, that's my perspective on it as a customer, right? So if you've got a business, you want your customers saying the same thing about you. I mean, I'm not getting paid to tell you about Thrive right now. I'm just telling you about it because I'm so impressed. I'm telling you I even pay more money to them than I probably should because I'm so happy. Wouldn't every business want their customers doing that, right? But I'm doing right now. But it only happens because they invest in people. They obviously train them. They hire quality people. They rotate them around. I can tell that they treat their people really well because their people treat me really well. Give the opposite to the audience. What would that look like the other way? Give us an example. 
<laughs> I got one for you. This is pretty recent and a little raw, but uh, I, I've got a property management company here where I live. They used to have an office on site with a couple of people in it. And I knew who the ladies were and they closed the office. Can't find the people anymore. Those people apparently are not with the company because now when I go on their website, there's no phone number, no address. Guess what there is? A box where I can put in my concern and it's read by AI. A couple of days later, I got an AI written response that had nothing to do with the problem that I put in. And I have no way to escalate it. I have no one to call. So I still have my problem. That is using technology to the extreme to shield you from your customers to such a degree that you can't actually solve their problems. But, oh, I have to keep paying them every month. I'd love to stop paying them, but I don't have that option. So I'm literally now a slave to that vendor that really isn't just a vendor that it really isn't adding any value in my life. So the, the business is doing a month to month renewal like Thrive or other companies. That same thing happens. You'd have been out the door. Right. So those are the two extremes. Yeah. So the question becomes the businesses that we own and operate. And I know a lot of people watching this right now, either how own a business or starting a business, where's your business on that spectrum? You can even mm -hmm. take it a step further and you can actually provide someone with a dedicated support person who gets to know the customer and the, or the client. And so now you you do take a step further. And there's amazing value being added. I market up a payroll service called MyCore that does that. Every client is assigned a people advisor. And that people, dedicated people advisor gets to know that business and that business owner and the people. And so they can be preventive and proactive about issues. They can contact the business owner and say, hey, I noticed this. Watch out for this. Do you need help with that? I mean, that's off the charts, right? So yeah. where on that spectrum do you want your business to be? You're going to have to invest in your people. And you're going to have to attract good people and you're going to have to train them and pay them well. But if you do that in the long run, your business will grow and you'll attract more customers and you'll keep more customers and you'll solve more problems and you'll get more referrals. Yeah. And you're serving. You can't serve with AI. You just did not get any service with the property manager story you said. You got none. Yeah. You got even worse than no service. You got nothing. You can't even know where to go. Let, let's jump in. I'm going to jump around a little bit because H7 Network, my sponsor, reach out to h7network.com. Uh, me and Steve are members. I run a group uh, for H7. I'm excited as they're a sponsor and I thank them because it's people, people again. So when you're out networking, let's say at H7, is your focus to see when you meet a new person in the back of your mind, how do they handle their business? Is it more tech? Is it more people? Is that come part of your decision making? Eventually it does, yeah. you know, with, with H7, I'm glad you mentioned H7, you know, we, we're, we're learned to connect, serve, and then ask, right? So when I'm connecting, I'm just thinking about that person, right? I want to yeah. get to know them and start to build a relationship. And then I do want to see how I can serve them. Yes, I'm listening for what their business does, and I'm trying to figure out how they do their business, but it takes a while to figure that out. Yeah. You don't want to judge that too quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of find out in the asking process, right? When you ask, now you can tell, is that person now willing to serve me as well? And usually there's a correlation between that and to what degree they're willing to build relationships with their with their customers. Yes. So you, you kind of along the way, it's a discovery process. Yeah. yeah, at some point you're sort of weeding out, right? You're saying, okay, that's not quite a fit for me. But if I look at the great people I've met in H7, the people that I built relationships with and that I do business with, they are people that truly care. 
And when you care, then it, it doesn't even occur to you to put technology in front of what you do. You want to meet with people and have conversations with people. That 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 shows up in H seven in spades, and I love it. Right, and and being a people show that we're talking about because I love we're both people persons. I know we get people mix us up all the time because we're so similar. But I also run into where I've met somebody, built a relationship, and then I get passed off to somebody that doesn't know me. That could run into a problem as well. Like, hey, Joe Smith, Steve, this is Joe Smith. You know, you're going to start talking to Debbie and thank you and move on. I'm like, you. Yeah, if I built a relationship, I want to continue that somehow, some way. Let's talk about that a little bit, how that could be helped. Well, there, I think there's, you, you bring up a good point. There's two ways to go about it, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can go about it and now I'm shoving you off to somebody that really doesn't care very much. They're just, they're just in a call center answering a phone. We've all experienced that, right? Regardless of what country the call center is in, right? Regardless of how good their English might be, right? Do they care or not? We can tell pretty quickly, right? Do they even have any expertise? And, and are they, are they focused on solving my problem? The other way you can do it though, is like, for instance, I, I market legal shield and ID shield. So that's a model where people may hear about it from me first. And I tell them, I'm your rep. I want to help you use the service. And I'm here if there's ever a problem. And I want to service them and educate them. But when they call the law firm, they talk to an attorney. Now, the attorney may not know them because maybe it's their first time they've ever called. Or maybe it's the first time they've ever had that kind of issue. So they have an attorney in that area of law. And they remember more. But the attorney cares. And ideally, right, nothing's perfect, right? Uh, people have bad days, but the attorney cares. The attorney has expertise and the attorney wants to solve that person's issue. And when you do that over and over, now you're developing the relationship with the law firm. And then eventually you start to talk to those attorneys more than once. And now you build a relationship with the attorneys and they have the, they can see all your call history or ID shield. You call, you, you talk to a real person and then they escalate your issue to an expert depending on how bad it is so that it'll get solved. Right. And you stay in relationship with that person, that case, all the way through until it's all resolved. And I don't know how many times I've heard that ID show person or the attorney say, um, call me back. Let me know that went. Um, is there anything else I can help you with? OK, when somebody says that, I don't care if it's an attorney, a car mechanic, um, a podcaster, whoever. Is there anything else I can do for you? Is there anything else I can help you with? Uh, that is a sign that somebody cares. When someone on the phone that I don't know at a call center says that. It's always at the end of a conversation where they've just given me exceptional service, solved my problem. And they say, is there anything else I could help you with? That means I have the opportunity to, add, to bring up another problem. Wow. What? And sometimes I'll think of something. Well, actually, yeah. there is something else. I mean, you'll stay with that company as a customer, right? Because, because that's getting rarer and rarer now. So these are just things to think about. I think when a business owner thinks through these things at the beginning, what kind of business do I want to have? How do I want to be perceived in the marketplace? What's my delivery model going to be? All these things. You were talking about having a business plan. I mean, a business plan is great, but you don't have a business without people. You're going to have to have some people, right? Unless you're going to stay a solo partner your whole life, which is it's totally valid. But if you're going to scale, right, you got to have people somehow, yeah. either contractors, employees. What kind of people? And and what 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 do you want them to be doing with your customers? What is that supposed to look like? You have to sort of lay that out in your mind first, because then you've got to hire for that person teach that person, train that person, and then and then customers will come. And you got to do all of that. It, but what people think is, oh, I just want to have a big business. 
um, I'm going to lay on this technology. And they're just thinking that way. And if there's a temptation to, to, to stop right there and just go the technology route right now, because there's so much technology all around us. And in the, I think it's a dangerous road if you're forgetting that people are going to have to be a part of that equation and picturing what are those people going to be actually doing with your customers. Right. You answered it perfectly. And I knew we were going to go because we're like brothers, but you said one thing I want the audience to pay attention to you, the example you gave, you first said, I'm here for you if you need anything, but you sent them on to a people, not a technology to solve their problem. But if they don't come back to Steve Remmel, legal shield, my core, that is what I wanted you to point out, which is again, the people of people, what you're talking about, right? Yeah, Support huge, people, huge. my yeah. partner or whatever those people are. Thank you for saying that because I think that's missing. People think they're so busy. It's like, okay, you're good. Go to, you know, like I said earlier, go here. Just say that I'm here for it. They're not going to call you every, do you have people calling you every day for no, but they know you're there. Oh, no, I'm like the Maytag repairman. I hardly get any phone calls. Yeah. But when I do, I'm actually glad. Like even because I get to solve a problem. Yeah. Like, okay, I know the world's not perfect. I want to know if I don't know about it and you just cancel. Oh, now nobody's happy, right? Nobody's gotten their problem solved. That doesn't work. The best organization. So I worked in a number of large companies as well mm -hmm. as smaller companies when I was in my corporate life. When I think back on the larger companies that I worked at that were really great places to work. Yes, internally, they had great communication with the employees, whatever. But I noticed something as I stepped away from those companies and got in my own business. The executives still had contact with customers. The executives went on sales calls. The executives made themselves available. Um, the customers knew who the CEO was. They knew who the CMO was. I mean, I know who the CFO is because that's finance, right? But but you know what I mean? Like, like they were the executives were not only were they not afraid to get involved with customers and prospects. They wanted to, they made time for it. It was part of their job description yeah. and how they operated. And what that meant was they were often going on a sales call with a salesperson or a, or a, or a field technician or whatever. Well, what does that do? Well, a field technician's like, I got the, I got the CEO with me. So they're going to be top of their game. And everybody's like, wow, this is important. It didn't matter the size of the deal. And that said something about the values of that company. So you've got to, even when you talk about walking your talk, what well, means means how you show up, literally how you show up. Do you are you there face to face in some way, or or is it just a website? Well, and we're running out of time, but man, I could talk to you all day. I say that all of my shows, my guests like you are awesome. I just watched the movie Air about the Michael Jordan shoe, and it's just exactly what you're saying, Steve. But forty years, whatever years ago. When the gentleman was sending the car, they told him, no, 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 no Michael Jordan. So what did he do? He flew to North Carolina and met with the parents when he was told not to. He did a people-to-people -people connection. That's no right. phone. Even back then, it was the computers were archaic. There was no cell phones up in the car. And it, that's what, when you were talking, I'm like, that's what Steve Remmel's talking about. Go right to there. I'm here to help you. And, you know, I'm sorry well, if you've not watched... I was just gonna say, if you're not watched air, I'm gonna give you some tidbits. He does four hundred million dollars a year in residual because he, that gentleman went met with his parents and convinced the dad, mom, mom was a decision maker, that we're the best fit for you, people to but people. He was bringing value. Yes, he wasn't just going there as a salesman trying to make a sale. Yep. It wasn't like buy this car now today at this price. It wasn't like that. Nothing against car salesman. I'm just saying, right? He was yeah. bringing value. He had an idea that he thought was going to be win-win. Everybody was going to win in this deal. And you believe that about whatever you're doing, 
Okay, that comes out in only only in a person to person way. I don't, I don't think there's any website or any AI technology or or whatever is is that's going to do that. Even video, which is just really one way communication, right, can only go so far. You've got to have some interaction to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, same yeah. thing with a book. I'll tell you about a book real quick. That yeah, I'd love right to hear now. about this book. Yeah, it's called The Mindful. I got it written down right here to make sure I get the title and the author right because really I'm highly recommending this book and I have not finished it yet. I just started actually. It's called The Mindful Millionaire by Lisa Peterson. It's L-E-I-S-A, kind of a different spelling of Lisa Peterson with a T. The Mindful Millionaire. So this woman is an expert in finance and she's made a lot of money, but she she realized that that she needed to reach people where they were at their core, at their soul, because you can have a lot of money and be miserable and you can have no money and be miserable or regardless of your income level, you can be really happy. And she realized that, that, that she needed to reach people, you know, at that level. And so she wrote this book and she wrote the book in such a way that it just pulls you in. You can tell she cares when just from the opening pages, but even from the introduction, like the guy that's recommending the book says that it's wonderful. So if, if you, if you want to get better with money, if you want a better relationship with money, read the read the mindful millionaire and and you'll see somebody doing that through what we're talking about here but through a book yeah what what, what's one tip you got from the book you could share with the audience that we all have a money story there's there's things about our past that have shaped our relationship with money and it's usually not good it's usually in some way painful hurtful. There's usually some emotions that we're trying to avoid. And of course, as human beings, when we want to avoid something, we can get really good at avoiding stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. denial is powerful, <laughs> right? So we're doing that. Okay. And when we do that, then it affects the quality of our relationship with money. But she goes beyond money. She's really clear. The, the millionaire mindset is not about being a millionaire in money. It's about being a millionaire in abundance of life, right? You don't have to want to make a million dollars to gain from her book. She's not saying you have to make a million dollars, but she's saying, She's saying you want to have that harmonious relationship with everything that brings you money and that everything your money is doing out in the world because it should flow in a positive way back and forth, regardless of amount, right? You can't do that if you're blocking your emotions, if you're yeah. blocking, you know, you know it's, any relationship that way, right? Any relationship will fail yeah. if we're not opening ourselves up, being honest about who we are because we're all imperfect, right? We all, got, we all got to grow. That's fine. But when we're honest about that, all relationships are better. Yep. So that's what she's basically saying about money. I haven't finished it yet, so I hope I'm doing it justice. But um, again, I don't make any money for anybody buying the book, but it's a great example of somebody putting themselves out there. She didn't have to write the book. She's already successful, right? She could just be hanging out in the Bahamas, but she wrote the book because she really cares. Wants to help. Yep. Wants to help. And this is Wants this is what it's all about, the world of sharing. You know, we're getting to the end here, but as you're talking about people, I've always was concerns not the right word, always looked at people's attitude. So the people of people, you know, your attitude is so important in the people of people relationship. How, what do you think about that? Attitude's everything. I just go to jimrone.com and <laughs> the guy's alive and well online. And he, I mean, every other quote's got the word attitude in it. Um, attitude, attitude drives how we view everything. Great, great example. It's a guy I'm working with right now. Great guy. He's just getting started with me. I want to help him be successful. 
he, he, he was going to you know, put me on in the Zoom with his former manager on Monday and we were going to have a great meeting. And he just texted me and he's like, forget about that guy. We're not having a Zoom with him. So I texted him back. I just said, people are funny, aren't they? Next, smiley face with sunglasses. So I sent my attitude through the, through the text, which sent him a message, which is, I don't need to hear the story. That's okay. Things are still good. They're as good as they were before this happened, right? It's all in the attitude. And hopefully that attitude, you know, he picks up that attitude. And I think he will. He's a quality guy. Yes. And I'll be like, we're on the same page. Keep that same attitude. And if something good happens, same attitude. Something that, don't get too low. Don't get too high. If there's one lesson I've learned being an entrepreneur that's most valuable, it's that. Yeah. Being aware of people's attitude too. Not yes. only yours, yeah. but but that you could qualify people quickly with an attitude, right? Absolutely. And then and then stay, yeah, I guess the thing to, to, to following up from that, you know, staying away from the people whose attitude, you know, is, is going to be more challenging for you, right? And and, and so the so because why work harder than we have to, right? Let's yeah. let's be around people with the right attitude so we can have that much more fun. You know, a suffering and sacrifice is not required. I'm sorry. It, it's I know there's people that say, Oh, you gotta suffer to be six. No, you don't. Okay. Yes, there's enough suffering and and, yeah. and and stuff built into this world already, right? It's already hard enough just to live on this planet, right? Don't feel like you got to like do your required amount. Like there's no quota for yeah. it, right? So be around people with the right attitude because that helps you. And then those associations help you grow faster. And and you don't have to apologize that you didn't suffer. You know, look at Taylor Swift. All right, great childhood. Uh, she, she's successful at 15 years old. Incredible artist. She really hasn't suffered in her life very much, right? She's not apologizing for it. And and people want to put her down for it. It's like, no, like she was given a gift. She was in an environment where she could grow that gift. She's an incredible singer-songwriter, probably one of the greatest of our generation. More power to her, right? But she watches her associations. She doesn't hang out with people. They're going to put her down. And we all know she doesn't tolerate them either, right? Yeah. So so that, that there's a great example of a successful person. But if that wasn't your path, we all have our path, but, but our attitude will dictate our future. The other word I'll leave you before we close is I love when you talk about mindset, because that's about people to people too. Talk about a little bit about that. Well, mindset is something that you, you, you are conscious of. You have to be conscious of our mindset. If we're not, then, then it can slip into places we don't want it to go. And, um, it, you know, it's tied to attitude, certainly, but it's yeah. something a little deeper, right? It's that, it's that driving core. And so what I find is I've got to read good books every day. I've got to watch good video every day. I've got to be around successful and positive people every day. Um, as, as to the extent I can control all that I do. And if I do, then that helps my mindset be where it needs to be at all times. Now, so, you know, you can actually get to a point where you don't have bad days or bad weeks, regardless of the income level, regardless of all the other things in life, right? It, it, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And uh, and it, I know some people poop with that. Oh, no, you're just being, no, it's not being Pollyanna at all. You know, I, I can acknowledge that some things rough. I mean, my dad was in a, in a, in a, a rehab facility for three months. It wasn't easy. My brother and sister and I made sacrifices. We worried. Yes, of course. But every time we saw him, we were positive, telling a joke, dad, encouraging, sometimes giving him tough love. You know, dad, you, you know, you need to do this. You need to do this because we care about him. 
we, we had a mindset that he wasn't going to be there for a long time. He was going to get back to independence and get back to health. And what do you know? My sister called me yesterday. You wouldn't believe what dad's doing. He's, he's moving great. He's doing great, you know, because our mindset about him lifted him up and carried him when his mindset wasn't strong. And, and so there were no bad days. There were no bad weeks. Dad's going to get better. Well, Steve, I love that story because personal and professional crossover. Yes. Your mindset professionally will affect your mindset personally and vice versa. So I like that you said that a personal story. I'm glad your dad's doing well. Um, I know you love your dad very much. I want to thank you for being on the show. I, I, I'm just, I'm rarely speechless, but this is truly the core of a business. You know, where people say customers are, what's the phrase? Customers serve, customers are number one. That's all you're saying, that they're really people. Customer kind of doesn't do the right, right? Let's deal people like people. Deal, you always treat people like you'd like to be treated, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And have people in your business that understand and do that. Yeah. And it's hard to do, yeah. right? As you scale a business, as you hire more people yeah. and you have layers of management, this is not easy stuff. But but if you if you put that in the energy there and it starts from leadership, it starts from the top. And if that's the culture, that's the expectation, then your business will be successful. Uh, it, it just it just will. I mean, it, 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 it's guaranteed practically. Yeah. Regardless of what industry you're in. Right now, you got to make good business decisions. You, yeah. There's a lot of other things you got to do. Right. You got to follow the other fundamentals. Yes. But and have a product that actually or service actually solves problems. And yes, you have to evolve it and all those things. But the people in your business can help you do all that as a leader. You you rely on your people. Hey, what's the feedback? What's happening out in the marketplace? Yeah. What do we need to do differently? Your people will tell you and that business will thrive. And uh, and that's that's really my thrive. It will thrive. Thrive is thriving. There you go. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you use the word foundation. We'll end with that because that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the other stuff's got to be done. But we'll build a huge foundation with your people, your customer service, and, and you win. You've given us a lot of advice today, Steve. You're a smart guy. You've lived through experience, which I love. But what's one more piece of advice you can give my audience to help them in their journey? Never stop growing. We're, we we all need to keep growing. I don't care what age you are, what your background is, what the situation is. Uh, we, we need to keep growing. Personal development is is a conscious decision. It's a choice. You know, reading in a good book every day, it's not easy. It's not always convenient, but it does pay off. So consistency, you know, Aristotle basically said that that greatness is based on work and what we do every day. And greatness, therefore, is a habit. You know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, because I'm not Aristotle, but it's a habit. So your habits of personal development, your habits of expecting and working on growing, especially when you hit a plateau and recognize, okay, I'm in a plateau right now, no big deal. What do I what do I need to do? What what is what does the next level look like? Getting some mentorship, getting some coaching, investing money in that so that you can grow. And if you do, the ROI will always be there. It'll be there in your happiness, it'll be there in your relationships, it'll be there in your business, and it will be there in your finances. And that's kind of guaranteed, you know, faith, finances, fitness, where the organizations I belong to and Legal Shield, that's their motto, right? And and um that's really, really true, but it but it only works if you keep growing and you grow when you serve, when you take your focus off yourself and serve other people. 